0: You're listening to episode 227 of the Room to Grow podcast. stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello. Welcome back to the Room to Grow Podcast. You know, I'm pretty sure I always start with like, hey hey, what do I start with? Hey 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 there. (laughs) I feel like I need to mix it up once in a while. I'm in a (laughs) run. So hi I appreciate you being here and listening today. Um, We are going to talk about imposter syndrome today, and this is something that I have covered um, here and there a couple other times on the podcast, but it is something that I think is really important to continue to touch back on because this is something that all of us experience. Universally, all of us experience this. And you know, throughout this, I'll I'll, uh, mention and and reference a couple different podcast episodes that you can refer back to as well um, that do talk about this a little bit. But today, we're going to be taking a little bit of a different spin on this because this is going to be about how imposter syndrome relates to not only business and entrepreneurship and uh, your everyday work life, if if you work a a more conventional job, your career, whatever that looks like, we're also going to be talking about it in relation to relationships as well. And how that can really impact us and and growth mindset and what to actually do about imposter syndrome, because we can talk about a subject until we're blue in the face, but if we don't ever come up with solutions or anything to combat what it does to us and how these things hold us back and imposter syndrome holds us back in huge, significant ways, then we're never going to be able to actually progress. So I did a lot of research for this one because I'm really interested in this topic and and it's been coming up for me uh, a lot lately, both uh, for myself at times, off and on as, as it does like that, that's the first thing I want to normalize for you is that, and we're going to get into this more about how everyone experiences imposter syndrome, no matter how far along you are in your journey, no matter how much of a so-called expert you are considered to be at what you do, it's going to come up. And it's going to keep coming up and rearing its head over and over again. So I want to really give you some actual tools that you can use to deal with this and to manage it to keep it from actually stopping you in your tracks. So I did do uh, quite a bit of research on this one and I just find this whole topic fascinating. I think it's really really interesting and this is one of, of many things that I'm going to be doing an even deeper dive into In this big project that I am working on that I'm going to be, um, coming out with in September, October, I, I will be keeping you updated, uh, on the podcast as, as things progress. This is a big undertaking. So I'm, I'm currently in the process of doing, um, a lot of interviews with people and figuring out what people are struggling with the most in relation to work and business life relationships, all of these different areas that I think are absolutely foundational for our overall happiness. And this is big. This is, this project is really, really big. So I'm going to be keeping you updated on that. But imposter syndrome is something that comes up when it comes to this. And I I looked up the actual definition of imposter syndrome. And the definition that that I found that I felt sort of fit the bill the most was, quote, a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. Imposters, so-called, suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence, end quote. So one of the things that, I mean, other than the, the many, many conversations that I've been having with people about this uh, lately, in, in particular, for some reason, um, above and beyond all of that, A friend of mine, Topsy VandenBosch, who has been on this podcast uh, way back on episode 58, I will reference it in the show notes, highly, highly, highly recommend that episode. Topsy is a fucking badass. She's amazing. She's a therapist. Um, She is just an absolute boss. And I have absolutely loved watching her grow and evolve Um, ever since I first came across her a couple of years ago. And I just bonded with her instantly. She's just awesome. So please go check out that episode. It's all about therapy, coaching, perfectionism, and why feelings are not facts. So good. I can't recommend it enough. So please go back and check that episode. Um, But Topsy posted, um, she was posting on social media. She was talking about imposter syndrome. and, And she was talking about it in a different way than I had heard it described before, which I always love. I love when people challenge what I, that, you know, these sort of deeply rooted, um, beliefs that that I might have about something because we all do, we all have these certain beliefs. And I love when people challenge, challenge me on that. And she said that imposter syndrome is simply jealousy or envy. And she was really pushing people to simply name the actual emotion rather than the construct, the construct being imposter syndrome that we've created to avoid hard feelings. And that it's okay and totally normal to feel jealous or envious sometimes. And I, I both loved and hated that she said this. It was, it was awesome actually. (laughs) Man, I, because I was super resistant to the idea at first. I'm like, no, I don't necessarily want what that person has. I'm not jealous. (laughs) But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that she was right. Because think about it. The number of, when we typically get imposter syndrome, It's usually because we're looking around at people who are doing things that we want to be doing and we think that they're doing it a lot better than us, that they have far more experience than we do, that they, they have the, the, I don't know, the life that we want, the relationship that we want, all of these different things. What do all these things essentially boil down to is jealousy or envy that we also want to have those things. And in our heads, we think, well, if, if I just had that, then I wouldn't feel this. And that's essentially the entire crux of the issue. I, I've i recently been reminded that, and I'm going to do a, a, an entire podcast episode about this. I'm going to be doing a little bit of a, a podcasting series on the podcast because I've been getting so many awesome questions about podcasting. And somebody said to me recently, you know, that it can almost seem intimidating looking at somebody like me that I have, you know, 200, 250, uh, podcast episodes or close to just on this, on this podcast alone. And I forget sometimes how that can feel being back at, at the very beginning. And I don't mean, I forget how it feels. I forget that other people are looking at me thinking I'm so much further ahead. That's, that's actually what I mean. I remember all too clearly what it feels like to look at people who are, you know, hundreds of episodes deep and you're thinking, my God, like I'll never get there. That's I'm just starting. How could I possibly ever get to that point? I am very familiar with that feeling. What surprised me was almost this, this like light bulb moment of realizing that because I've done so many podcast episodes at this point, that other people look at me and now think that about me and being like, oh, but she's so much farther ahead. And that was such a beautiful reminder for me because I was like, wow, like I am in a position where people are looking at me going, you know, she's so much farther ahead. How could I ever hope to get to that point? And then the imposter syndrome comes up. So I was so glad that, that a couple people brought that up to me that they, they felt almost intimidated. And I was like, no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> trust me, everyone starts somewhere. And I always say this and, and I'm just using podcasting as one example. I'm going to be going into other examples uh, here as well, but I always tell people no podcaster ever has said, please go back and listen to episode one. It's my absolute best work. (laughs) In fact, I cringe when I see that, that people, because the intro episode, the, the first episode of any podcast is often the most, um, It often continues to be re-downloaded over and over and over again, even after you're hundreds of episodes deep because people kind of want to get a feel for where you started too and who you are and what you're about and what the podcast is is about and all those things. And I still cringe sometimes when I, I, I can't go back and listen to it. Like I don't mind listening to my podcast episodes and I often do. And I encourage my clients do to do the same so that you can learn from them and get better. But I don't think I can go back and listen to my first one. <laughs> so that's just one example of so many about imposter syndrome. And ultimately, if we really think about it, a lot of times it's kind of jealousy or envy that we're looking at these people that we think are so far ahead of us. And we believe the, the lie, because it is a lie that if we had what they had whether it was the experience the relationship the uh the business the money whatever then we wouldn't feel this way we wouldn't feel like an imposter and we're going to unpack this more because you you know when you get to that level then you have a whole new set of insecurities that come up and then you're looking at people ahead of you from there and you are getting imposter syndrome and potentially you know jealousy and envy looking at them and it's just, there's always going to be somebody ahead of you. Always, no matter what. And it's not even a- ahead or behind. I've talked about that before too, that you know everyone is just on their own journey. But if when we're in this sort of negative spiral of imposter syndrome, that's sort of all we can see and imagine and picture is, well, so-and-so is 10 miles ahead of me. How can I ever hope to get there? And who am I to think that I have it in me to show up this particular way. There are a couple, there's, there's two different Ted talks that I'm going to reference in the show notes that I really recommend going to check out. They're both really fantastic. They're, they're so well done. The first one is by Mike Cannon Brooks. And he was talking about imposter syndrome from a number of different angles, including imposter syndrome and how it can happen in relationships. And he was getting into how when both partners feel out of their league, it actually can contribute to a better relationship (laughs) because both partners are likely working even harder to stretch themselves to be the best versions of themselves for the other one. And for themselves, I would hope as well. Like ultimately it needs to come down to wanting to do something for you, but it can definitely offer extra motivation when we are, are growing into a better version of ourselves because of the person that we're with. And when it's, when it's kept, when that's kept within healthy constructs, that's a really beautiful thing. And being in a relationship with somebody that can, can grow you and and push you to be the best possible version of yourself. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. But it's so interesting when we think about how imposter syndrome can show up in our individual relationships. And ultimately what this comes down to is a growth mindset, because if you approach everything with a growth mindset, then you'll always be willing to learn from your mistakes and how to be better rather than stressing over every single detail needing to be perfect before you ever even begin to learn everyone starts at the bottom. Everyone is, is always going to have something that is new to them. None of us were born knowing how to walk. You know what we didn't do? We didn't start learning how to walk. Then looked over to Susie who was already walking and go, Oh my God, she's so much better than me. I might, I'm just going to give up now. (laughs) Right? Like it's ridiculous when we think of it that way, but that's exactly what we do to ourselves. We cripple ourselves And we stop before we ever even find out what our potential could possibly be, what our unlimited potential could be, because we think that somebody else has done it better. When we really think about that, think about how much harm you are doing to yourself and how much harm you do to the other people who could benefit from learning from you or growing with you, benefiting from hearing your story, whatever that looks like, and they're never going to be able to have those experiences either because you aren't ever progressing forward. Sometimes I have to really remind myself of that in order to take a big step on something that feels hard. I really have to actually sit and think about that sometimes. Sometimes I'll journal about it. Sometimes I'll even meditate about it. And I'm like, if I'm thinking this, if I'm experiencing this, if I'm having this problem, somebody else is probably having the same issue and somebody else may not be able to move forward in their own journey. If I don't somehow come up with, you know, speaking out about something myself and that, that isn't an an arrogance thing at all. That's, that's the butterfly effect. That's, that's the ripple effect, whatever you want to call it. It, it, it ultimately boils down to the same thing, which is you can't possibly know, understand, or comprehend the impact that you can have when you show up as the best version of yourself. And sometimes showing up as the best version of yourself just means showing up at all. Truly. That just means showing up in general. It doesn't mean that you have to have the best of everything or be the best at everything. It means showing up as your mess, messy, imperfect, beautiful self, exactly as you are. That's all it takes. There was another TED talk as well, uh, with Elizabeth Cox. And this one was, um, more of a cartoon actually. And it was, it was really cool. I wasn't expecting it when I clicked on it, and then I watched the whole thing and it was awesome. So I'm, I'm referencing that one as well, because it's actually really, really well done. It's so cool. And the, it was, it was using examples of how Maya Angelou and Albert Einstein both thought that they would be so-called found out as imposters. And yet when they were actively having these, these thoughts and discussions about how they were going to be found out, (laughs) just as one example, Maya Angelou had already written 11 books and won several awards by this point for her writing. And she was certain that one day somebody was going to knock on the door basically and go, yeah, we're taking our awards back. (laughs) <laughs> taking your words back. You can't call yourself a writer anymore. This just isn't a thing. Uh, not sure what you thought you were doing, but we're, we're done here. <laughs> and that's, that's what was going through her head. And this is what I want to underscore to you is that every single human at every single level goes through this. No matter what level you get to, you're going to reach new levels of imposter syndrome new issues will come up, new things that you will have to deal with and work through in order to get to the next level, whatever that looks like. And one really certain way to combat imposter syndrome is to talk about it. That's why I'm doing this episode, because I, I, you know, I mentioned some issues around imposter syndrome on on social media and and how a lot of people have, have actually reached out to me about it, wanting to discuss it further and this is just one more example of the fact that we universally experience this but we don't like to talk about it because we don't want our fears to be confirmed <laughs> it's almost like if i say out loud that i feel like an imposter somebody's going to be like aha i got you <laughs> you you are an imposter and then you'll be like oh my god it it is it's my biggest fear confirmed it, it's like we're somehow waiting for somebody to just Come and tell us that, yeah, we don't actually know what the fuck we're doing in life. And um, yeah, who who do you think you are to be guiding anyone in any sense of the word on any particular topic? Even just hearing sometimes that imposter syndrome, so-called, is a thing and that people we look up to have also experienced imposter syndrome is really important. It's really important. When you think about somebody like Maya Angelou having imposter syndrome, that seems just unbelievable. She she was such an incredible incredible writer, just an incredible human, and for her to think that she was an imposter that she was somehow an imposter in what she was doing seems unfathomable. And we see this at every single level. And what this reminded me of is the sort of competence slash confidence loop. And you can, you can Google that. You can look it up. Uh, so many people have, I, I don't actually know who the original person was who came up with this, but I've had multiple coaches and teachers talk to me about it. I've done my own research on it. Um, but yeah, if anyone knows, please send me send me a message and, and I will happily give credit because I'm not actually sure who came up with it originally, but it's basically this idea that, you gain more because a lot of times imposter syndrome is is happening because we don't have the confidence in ourselves and we don't believe that we are competent enough. So where the competence confidence loop comes in is that it's a forward feed cycle. So the more you show up and do the thing that you're afraid to do, the more you build confidence and then the more you build confidence, it's going to push you to, keep doing it some more and you're going to become more competent in what you're doing, which will continue to build more confidence, confidence, competence, confidence, competence. It just goes around, 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 and you just continue to get better and better and better. But what this requires for this competence, confidence loop to even happen, it requires you to take action. Otherwise you'll never even make it into that loop. If you're just going to sit on the sidelines all the time, it's not going to happen. You're not going to build the confidence or the competence. So rather than staying stuck in fear, you have to take some small step forward to get yourself into that loop and you're going to get a little bit of a win. You're going to get just a small little win that's going to give you just enough confidence to keep going. And then you're going to get another little win. And you're going to start to feel like you're actually getting better at what you're doing, which will forward feed into giving you more confidence to continue to show up doing what you're doing. Do you see how this works? It's just going to continue to move forward and progress. Something else I, I absolutely have just been loving lately, Vivian K. If you are not following Vivian K. on Instagram, what are you even doing? <laughs> She's awesome. And she has this whole concept um, about what would Chad do? She's even trademarked it and I love it. I love every minute of it. So don't worry, Vivian will be referenced in the show notes um, so you can go check all of this out. And she's always talking about this, what would Chad do? And the entire concept around it is the fact that Chad isn't any particular person. Chad is just representative of a male, usually a white male, let's be honest. And how a white male can typically move through the world with much more privilege than, again, let's be honest, just about anybody else who walks the planet uh, in comparison to anyone of other races, genders, um, sexual identities, all of those things. So Chad is probably a heterosexual white male to be particularly specific. Okay. And Vivian talks about having the audacity to show up the way this white male would because there's huge, huge differences between men and women around this in in a variety of ways. Just one example that that Vivian talks about, and and it comes up a a lot in social research and everything else, is applying for jobs and how men are much more likely to see a job description and they might only fit half, maybe half, maybe not even that many of the qualifications that are listed on the job description, but they'll apply anyway. And with confidence, whereas women will look at that job description. And if they don't hit every single qualification listed, they won't apply at all. And again, the research backs this up. This is very, very clear what's what's really interesting and and this applies to so many different uh, facets of life but basically just showing up and having the audacity to show up as the full version of yourself and not allowing this imposter syndrome or the the potential judgments that you think that you'll get or any of those things hold you back or stop you and what that ultimately comes down to is more a question of not what if this goes wrong? Or, um, you know, what if I don't get it in terms of the job or something? Or, or what if, what if it doesn't work out? What it comes down to is flipping that more into what if it does, what if I do succeed? What if I do get that job? What if I do get all these things? And what's the worst that can happen? Somebody says, no, because yeah, a no might sting, but getting a lot of no's is actually a really beautiful exercise in being human and learning how to handle rejection much better. I'm gonna do an entire episode all about rejection as well, um, coming out because that's been on my mind a, a lot and I think it's really important. Um and it ties in really beautifully with this conversation. But having the audacity to just show up and do the fucking thing. Without stressing about all of the what-ifs. It's funny, when it comes to imposter syndrome as well, I, 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 I talked to some male friends before I did this episode. I'm always kind of like doing research and asking questions. Uh, sometimes I think much to my, my friend's uh, chagrin because I just never stop asking questions, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and I was talking to a couple of my male friends and some of them didn't really seem to have as much imposter syndrome, kind of the same way that I see it showing up in myself and in every single one of my female friends, colleagues, and clients. One, one close male friend of mine in particular is the, he's at the absolute top of his field. Uh, and he, and he knows it. He's not arrogant, but he's self-confident and knowing that he is the best at what he does because he is. And I, I will say that with confidence. He is the best at what he does. And I wanted his opinion about this with the imposter syndrome stuff. And I asked him about imposter syndrome and he, you know, he kind of said that he didn't really experience it. Um, at least not in regards to, to his work and stuff like that, that that wasn't really something that he dealt with very often, but maybe I just have super confident male friends because overall <laughs> the research actually indicates that men are affected by imposter syndrome just as often as women are. Something that also has to be mentioned here is that there is tons of evidence showing that women of color are disproportionately affected by imposter syndrome more so than white women as well. So, while there is definitely research out there that indicates that for the most part, women and men are both uh, affected by imposter syndrome, um, and yes, of course, you know, sometimes it, it might depend, depend on the field of work or the situation or just the individual, obviously, but women of color are absolutely disproportionately affected by this compared to white women. So that's something that's really important to consider in this entire conversation. But when it comes down to more of a a conversation about imposter syndrome around being an entrepreneur, specifically, when you're not fully stepping into and owning the role of being a business owner, you're going to have a really tough time behaving in the way that is most beneficial to the health of your business too. One thing that I've actually noticed coming up a lot lately, especially with, uh, the women in my life, particularly the female entrepreneurs is equating doing business with being mean. And I think that's really, and and I have felt that before too, by the way. Um, absolutely. And that's really. That's not something that I hear men talking about because that's very much more of a thing that, that women tend to deal with that men, a lot of times it doesn't even really enter their brainwaves. I don't think, and listen, I don't have research to back that one up. So feel free to call me out on that one. (laughs) But overall, I, I think most women can, look around and, and realize that, yeah, for the most part, women tend to struggle with this side of things much more so than men. And doing business, being a, a business person is not, it, it, it's, it's not the same thing as being mean. You are a business person. You have to make decisions that benefit you, your business and your life and your bottom line. They're fully integrated and they're not separate. And sometimes you have to give yourself a bit of tough love and ask yourself what the CEO of a company would do. If you are being presented with a decision that you're having a tough time with, and you might be having these moments of, well, who the hell am I to be doing this and that and all the things. If you're really struggling, ask yourself if, if you were making the decision as the CEO take out the fact for a moment that you are the CEO, <laughs> but if, if you're thinking of, of the CEO in terms of, you know, the, the high powered, um, high powered, I don't know, financial CEO or something like that. What decision would that CEO make? Because you are that CEO. So act accordingly. It doesn't mean you have to be an asshole. It just means that you have to be able to make decisions based on, the health of you, your business, your family, your bottom line, your entire life, whatever that looks like for you, it's all integrated. Particularly if you are a personal brand. And most people who listen to this podcast are in in some capacity in some sort of, you know, personal brand uh, like like your business is sort of based around you a lot of a lot of times. And we have to make those decisions From a place that is a little bit more detached sometimes. And it's tough. That's really hard to do. It doesn't mean that you can't still make these decisions with empathy and compassion and even a sense of humor. Like all of those things can still be included. All of your personal qualities can still be factored into the equation here. But sometimes I see people tiptoeing around really significant issues where if you were making the decision as a business person, the answer would be crystal clear. But even though you know what the answer is, you might be tiptoeing around it because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because it feels like you're being mean. Even if that means allowing every one of your boundaries to be crossed and you feeling like an imposter and like you don't belong at the table and all of those, all of those feelings that come up, those feelings might not come up nearly as much if you actually made the boundaries super clear and made the decisions accordingly. You have to get clear on what you want from life. Ask yourself, who do you look up to? Who do you admire? Especially from a business standpoint, how do they behave? What kinds of decisions do they make? Ask yourself these kinds of questions. And the other thing is too, I mean, perfectionism is often so closely tied to imposter syndrome because you feel like you can't if you can't do something perfectly the way somebody else could, or at least in, in our minds, we're thinking that somebody else could, could do it so much better than we could, then you and your way of doing things must not be good enough. And perfectionism. And, and I, I always say this on this podcast. I say this as somebody who is an actively recovering perfectionist. It's something that I still have to fight a lot. Uh, but something that I remind myself of a lot is that perfectionism is just fear. It's just fear. That's it. Fear that you will be judged. Fear that you'll fuck up. Fear that people won't think you're good enough. It Fear that you won't think you're good enough. Fear you'll be found out. It's all tied up with imposter syndrome. It's all tied up together. There's a, a Neil Strauss quote that I found that I thought really related to this episode. I didn't actually intend on both starting and finishing this episode with a quote. I'm not, <laughs> not sure how that happened. <laughs> but Neil, Neil Strauss says, quote, if you possess the ability to learn from your mistakes, then failure is literally impossible because each rejection brings you closer to perfection. Oof. End quote. I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't have the oomph on the end. <laughs> Um, and, and that one really hit me. That one really hit me because imposter syndrome and perfectionism and all these things they they are so closely bound with fear and failure and, and all of these, all of these things that we just, so we will do anything as humans to avoid those feelings. We will do anything to avoid those feelings. But we're never going to get better at the things that we want to improve upon. And we're never going to have the life that we want or or the relationships that we want, the business that we want, the clients that we want, if we don't actually show up and do the thing anyway. And acknowledging the fact that we are going to fuck up along the way, that we are going to make mistakes, that we are going to fail. But when we do, you will cultivate the self-trust in those moments, because it's, you're flying by the seat of your pants. You're going to have to figure it out when it happens. And when you figure it out, because you will, you will build up the self-trust that will make it easier for you to continue to show up again next time. And what does that do? That brings us back to the confidence competence loop. So you take the action, you face the fear, you accept that you might fail and you take the action anyway. And then you build a little bit of confidence and then you feel like you, you might actually know what you're doing just a little bit, just a little. So then you feel a little bit more confident. Then you do a little bit more and you gain more confidence. And then maybe you fail five times in a row <laughs> and then you deal with that. And then even though you've fallen off the horse, then you get back on and you do it again. And you just keep showing up. That's all this is. That's all this is. Is recognizing imposter syndrome for what it is. Accepting that it's going to continue to show up always. No matter what. No matter what level you get to. No matter what you achieve or what you have in life. Imposter syndrome is always going to continue to show up. So you accept that. And then you figure out how you're going to deal with it when it comes. And you put a bit of a plan in place and you remember that all it is, is fear. Fear and jealousy and envy. And are those the kinds of things that you want to spend your life feeling? Are those the kinds of emotions that you want to sit in all the time? It's not what I want. It's Definitely not what I want. So these are the kinds of things that you can start to remind yourself of, even if you have to, to write it on a post-it and stick it on, on your mirror so that you see it every morning. So that before imposter syndrome can even manage to hit you in the morning, <laughs> you can look at it and go, right. Even Maya Angelou and Albert Einstein got imposter syndrome. And that all imposter syndrome is, is fear, jealousy, and envy. It's really all it is. And if you can find ways to work around that, then you're going to build more confidence in yourself and then you're going to feel like you actually might know a little bit of what you're doing and then you'll probably take five steps back (laughs) and then you'll start this loop all over again but at least you'll be progressing as opposed to just staying stuck and hoping that something magically changes that one day you're going to wake up and not feel like an imposter it's not going to happen you're always going to end up having these feelings come up. So it's more about how you manage them and what you do with them. Use those feelings to fuel you because if you start feeling like an imposter, it probably means that you're doing something that challenges you. That's forcing you to level up as opposed to staying stuck. And that's always scary. That's always going to be scary because our brains are evolutionarily designed to keep us comfortable Our brains don't want us to go outside the cave out into the wilderness by ourselves. That's very scary territory, (laughs) but we never would have discovered that there was life outside of the cave if we'd never left. So we have to make these decisions in the moment that this happens to take the step forward. Okay. So I hope that this has given you a little bit of, of, you know, maybe some tools or something to work with, with imposter syndrome. Um, There's also a couple episodes that I wanted to reference. So episode 91 on the podcast, what to do when you feel like a fraud as an entrepreneur. Um, It's so funny. Months ago, I was having a a really tough time. And for some reason, that episode came up in my podcast queue. I, I don't even know how, because it was an older episode and I hadn't listened to it in a while. And it happened to come on, on a day where I felt like a fraud as an entrepreneur <laughs> and it started playing and I wasn't going to listen to it. I went to, sh- to shut it off and then I saw which episode it was and I was like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe there's something in here that I could use. And it actually changed the entire course of my day. <laughs> Apparently I just needed a pep talk from myself. <laughs> so, I got to tell you guys, like a lot of times, anything that I ever talk about on this podcast is something that I have also struggled with that I am currently struggling with still that I am dealing with or have dealt with behind the scenes. Like I never talk about things on here that I haven't also personally gone through, experienced or, you know, had come up for me. So I'm never talking to you from a pedestal. This is like I I feel this stuff too, trust me. Um so yeah, episode 91, what to do when you feel as an entrepreneur, when you feel like a fraud as an entrepreneur. And another one is episode 134 about shutting down the imposter syndrome that keeps you stuck. So that's another one that uh will hopefully give you some some more tools to kind of add to your your toolkit to whip out when imposter syndrome comes up. So between these three episodes, I'm hoping that all of us can just tell imposter syndrome where to go (laughs) when it comes up next time. (laughs) So I hope this has been helpful. If you could take a screenshot, share on social media, tag me over at Emily Goff Coach. It would mean so much to me. And while you're here, if you could leave a review for this podcast, it would mean so much. I read every single one. I get reports every week uh, with all the reviews and it absolutely makes my day, gives me life, means the absolute world to me. So please leave a review. It would mean so much. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'm so grateful you took the time and it means the absolute world to me for any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to room to And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much. If you would take a quick second to hit subscribe write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me on Instagram over at Emily Coach, so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you.